Y'all know what the fuck going on. You are now tuned in to episode 116 of Not Politically Correct. It is your boy, Rue McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Flat God, a.k.a. Doped Up Danny, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Uh, FBI Mike, a.k.a. Uh, Hip Hop Harry, a.k.a. Lil Peanut. You Lil Peanut. Shout out, uh, Donnie. Um, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because your bitch had a ringtone back in the day, and I promise you, it was May. <laughs> it's gonna be May. Yeah, it's gonna be May. Uh, you can find me at uh, Real McCoy Rebel. That is for Snapchat. If you be on there, I'll be on there every once in a while. You feel me? But you can always find me on Twitter at Real McCoy KPZ. Code D. At CD referring to everything. Russ. The Byron, aka Teddy Russ, aka Smooth Fingers, aka Kid Universal, aka The Progenitor, aka School Wars 2, aka Russ the Best. But you can find me, mate, on uh, <laughs> the Chatties of Snaps as Daddy Snap Chatties, and on IG at Candy Cupidity, C-A-N-D-I-D underscore C-U-P-I-D-I-T-Y. Forward slash East Stock Trade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you, <laughs> we also have a Facebook group at Not Politically Correct Podcast. No, um, I took that down this morning. Okay, we don't have that no more. I'm, with that. I'm um, just kidding. We, <laughs> <laughs> we have a Facebook, uh, that's our group, so you can join that for the shenanigans. We have a page at NPC Podcast. You can go there, like that, and you know, do that for internet, whatever the fuck it happens on the internet when you do that. Um, we're on Twitter at Not PC Podcast, and you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to the podcast app, you can go to Spotify, Spreaker. You can go to hell. Fuck right. <laughs> you can take a one walk off a short pier. You said you can go to hell. Um, <laughs> you can say something about duck vaginas. Yeah, what? Please don't start with the animal um, fucking Turtles. genitals. Yes, listen. <laughs> Go to those places that I named and type in Not Politically Correct Podcast and you can listen to us. You can listen to all our back catalog, all our episodes. You can like it, leave comments, tell about tell us about how good... It could have been black catalog, but Cody ruined it for us. <laughs> you, can, you can leave comments and all that other shit. You, you can, can just leave. Talk, talk to us. Tell us how great or bad we are. We won't change for shit, but you can do it. Because we know you people like to do that shit. Even though our Russell Prasity segment's all about change and growth and all that. Well, not always, but you know. Only And that change and growth is only for us within this group. It is not for how we are going to act with you because you are stupid and gay. So listen. Wow. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Listen. No, it's cool. I think McCoy's the only one that believes this stuff. I hope you guys forget this. I hope I know. <laughs> I promise I'm not. Um, but now it's time for Rick Sports. Yeah, about that. Yeah, what was Phoenix. It? Anywho, Phoenix. That was a Will Smith. I have nothing here. No, he says Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and the emo, Ami, Ami. Look at that. Party in the city with the heat is on. To the break of dawn. Yeah, so speaking of Los Angeles, that's the city we're talking about, right? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, J. Cole has a higher three-point rating than Russell Westbrook in NBA 2K23. <laughs> Westbrook was 64 and J. Cole 71. 
And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> no, that is funny because if you watch J. Cole play, I'm pretty sure. Cold that, World. Yeah, Cold World indeed. And so is that jumper. I don't think that that's really accurate, but, you know, I feel it. Um, shout out, Jake. <laughs> shout out, Jake. You're like, who made these ratings? Me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jermaine? Cole? Jermaine. Jermaine. Oh. <laughs> um, also, I've been seeing some interesting talks and, you know, uh, internet, you don't know what to believe, plus with all the, always having these sports rumors and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's out of hand. I saw on Instagram that someone, there was a page that said that uh, Russell Westbrook was, uh, I don't know, has to prove himself or he's listed as bench for now or something like that. And one of the comments was Pat Beverly saying, y'all be really reaching, this is hilarious. And I'm like, huh. Really? So that comment, I don't know what to think. But then I saw that Russell Westbrook is listing his L.A. home to sell for $29 million. Now, the only two reasons he'd be doing that is if he's getting traded, you know, or if he's poor. I don't think he's poor. <laughs> so he's just poor. dumb. Um, well, for, well, like, well, I really need these scratch-offs. Well, here's the thing, though. Russell Westbrook is from the L.A. area. He's raised there, so... Yeah. Uh, well, he could just be literally moving. He could just be trying to move, find another LA home. Like he, I think he had a true. home in LA even when he wasn't playing in LA. I could be wrong. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not There's like, a lot of people know. that have like a home or residency in their hometown, and also like have homes or apartments where right. they're live. You know, right. travel that much for work. You know, right. I, I think people. I think we just not we, but people. Just, oh, now it's <laughs> okay. No, we the people oh. looking at. I think that they just yeah, want to have something to say. You know, it's it's kind of, it's cool to feed the fodder type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, I don't think any of them boys is over there worried about, oh my God, this guy's on this team, this guy's, like, them niggas is trying to win a, you know, championship. So, like, it's. In company. Right, exactly. Niggas in company is trying to win a championship. So, like, I don't think that they make it seem like uh, Pat Beverly got over there and Russell Westbrook was like, this shit is just not for me. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, niggas is not, niggas is not on that, bro. Like, I just, people are funny. It's it's just funny to see how much, like, fucking gossip niggas will create to, you know, push narratives and shit like that. So, yeah, he got a... Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell indeed. <laughs> so, so yeah, he listed his house for $29 million. Um... <laughs> for ten point one million dollars, Michael Jordan's game one jersey of the ninety-eight finals just sold. Just saw that. For ten point one million. Dude, people you know are nuts. Funny, I find that number to be a little low. I thought it would be higher, honestly. Really? Still, I, well, there is a lot of stupid money. people out in the way. <laughs> why 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 the ninety eight? I, I I was like thinking oh, if, if it had been like the, his first three-peat run or, like, when his first season back. But, like, is maybe is it because 98 was his last last one, maybe? I don't know. I just – I figure I'm like, that Probably. would – I'm like, that wouldn't be – That was it. <laughs> that was his last dance, huh? Looking at us. Um, Literally, yes. Like, <laughs> affirmative. Finish watching the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's a pretty good documentary looking at us. Um, but, yeah, no, that I, – I, I thought it was kind of – I don't know. I thought it was high, not because, you know, you know motherfuckers is going to buy, buy shit and be, like, kind of cornball like that, but I thought it was high because of the finals that it was. I'm like, I feel like some of the other ones might have been more important, but, you know, the finals is the finals, and that is his finals final, so finally, it makes sense, I guess. 
Oh my God, what? <laughs> Hey, no, if you think that was listen, Stephen A. Smith over here. <laughs> listen, if you think if you think that was bad, you guys should hear that clip of motherfucking um, Swiss Beats on the radio with uh, on Drink Captain Radio with Nori. But that's a whole other. He said he, he literally said, "I'm sorry, I have to just <laughs> interject." He you, you should hear it. You don't want to? I'll tell it to you. <laughs> he said. He said, bro. He said, in life you have to face your poison to poise on. Because you were, because you were, wait, it's not done. It's not done. He said, he said, because you were born for, from a woman. So you were poised son. He said oh that. God. He said that for real, like out in public in, it's recorded. He really thought he was on or something. Man. He thought he was deep as hell. Niggas thought he was deep I as mean, a well. If no. he would have kept it at the poise on, I'd be like, okay. This yes. Is a oh, Russell. But you had to, really. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks to what I said, bro. The and then he's like, because really we're goldfish in a koi pond. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some Eminem rap on looking at. <laughs> right. Rap on. <laughs> that will do. Fell down the stairs and hit my L. Bow. <laughs> you see that, that new video? No, I didn't, but I would like to watch it. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Anywho, I'm sorry. Can, Cody, continue about sports. Yeah, that's about all I got. I got an interesting <laughs> transition, though, that doesn't. Have anything to do with sports, um, media, kind of. Nigeria becomes the first country to legally ban foreign talent from ad companies. Huh. That's interesting. something. It is, and it's kind of like, shout out Nigeria. (laughs) Shout out Nigerians, because I feel it. Because they won't be able to hear us from here, so (laughs) shout real loud. (laughs) They they could listen to the pod, you never know, man. There's people that listen to people in... No, just Germany. There's like one or two people out there. (laughs) Shalom. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, looking ass. There we go. Sprechen Sie Dick. <laughs> NFL started. There's that. I guess that was a total blank on my part. Sorry, I was, it's been a morning. I wasn't going to let you pass it without talking about the NFL. Well, how did you like the Packers game? I didn't see it because I live in Tennessee now. But <clears throat> how did you That's a excuse right there. But okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we sucked. <laughs> he yeah. said, oh, yeah, so we sucked. What do we what, do? So, I heard we lost to the Vikings, though, bro. Not the NFC Exactly. Did we suck as much as the Brewers did yesterday or whenever they played? Oh, shit. They suck too? We, we, were, playing, and we were playing the Yankees, right? I'm not sure. Don't bring it up if you don't even. That's what I do. Um, we won yesterday against 6-7 to seven against the Yankees. So Wednesday we lost for 1-4. to four. Dude, anywho, the yeah, Brewers are actually doing like phenomenal. Yeah, it's crazy. Like two in the... Second in our division or whatever. Damn. Cardinals, um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, we're seven and a half games back. Dude, wait a minute, wait what? a minute. When is the when is the, the playoffs for, like, the the MLB? Because I thought that, you know, I thought that their shit was coming up. Like, World Series happens around, like, now, right? Um, Soon. Let's yeah, see. They might be they closer, closer deeper in the fall. There's uh, five more games in October, yeah. and then uh, playoffs. Okay. Playoffs. Play- <laughs> Play- <laughs> <laughs> That's not a Buick. That's what I told him. <laughs> so stupid. There's probably a song in that commercial. I don't know. So speaking of music. <laughs> okay, so Packers suck. Uh, we lost to the Vikings. Um, what else happened in sports? Uh 
Yo, super <laughs> random. I watched this uh, series on Hulu called Vikings, and it is fucking awesome. So badass. And it's like most of the characters in there are like based off of real people. Oh, really? Like 10 that. out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. I like that. Too sweet. Well, while we're well, while while we are on the idea of things being based off, we're gonna we're gonna go off into a few little tangents today. Um, and I'm gonna try to move it back into you know taxes, the the regular schedule program. While we're talking about um things being created off real people and things that are not created off real people, Jesus Christ, dear white America, white America, I could be one of your kids. You you motherfuckers. Uh, so as we know, Haley. Holly, Bailey, I keep saying Haley, uh, my girl, I always correct me, this is Holly, Holly Bailey. Holly. Oh, it doesn't say H-O-L-O-Y. <laughs> Sleepy Hollows, um, she is, <laughs> the legend of the, she is playing in the live action version, 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 <laughs> <laughs> same, 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 she's yo, playing, yo, yo, what it do, <laughs> <laughs> playing in the live action version of the little mermaid we've known this um she's been over the last you know year and a half two years been had went off to filming and all this other shit and they finally released the first trailer after disney's what is it three d23 whatever the fuck that was that they had last week they finally released yeah, the mighty first, ducks right <laughs> they had that that little you know convention thing where they kind of not convention but like you know little presentation where they, you know, tell us what's coming up in their company. And they did finally released a trailer for that. And boy, oh boy, the response that happened to that. First of all, I'm going to tell you right now, I laughed. I ain't going to front my shit. Like, I laughed a lot of shit. Uh, a lot of the memes. What segment are we in? You said, when, when is uh, next? <laughs> this is the tra- in between sports and music. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but she's a, she's a... Social studies. She's a... <laughs> Social studies. No, she well, she's a musician, so it was gonna be my way of kind of moving a little bit closer. But I had to mention this. Um, she's a mermaid. <laughs> she's a mermaid. Apparently, she's not because that's not that's not what is scientifically. I had a bro. I saw the the memes and her shit is hilarious. There was a clip of somebody, some like white, like I don't know if he's a podcaster, news guy, some shit. He said, and scientifically, it wouldn't make sense for there to be a dark skinned mermaid at the bottom of the o- sir. So. We talked about this, I thought, on the pod once, that it would make complete sense, because I thought, what, isn't Little Mermaid supposed to be based on, like, in the Caribbeans or something like that, so she'd be (laughs) darker-skinned? I don't know we thought about this before, but I would tell you this. Mermaids aren't real, people. So They're, what, manatees that pirates got horny and wanted to fuck? Um, this is news to me, and this is the... Oh, yeah, 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 so... That's how mermaids, like, the, I don't know, mythology of mermaids happened is, yeah, yeah, pirates or people at sea for, like, a long time, they would kind of get, like, delusional and see mirages, and they thought they saw a mermaid because it was something floating in the water, and it was actually just a manatee. It's a mixture of different things. And nor did they care, though, because it had a hole. This is just a and I'm not lying. And this is a wild guy, and I'm not lying. I believe, you. I believe you, Cody. I believe you. I believe you. But listen, this is where it gets a little finicky, cause like, um, I'm just trying to figure out 
why it's hurting people so that this mythical creature could potentially be played by a black person. Because listen here, my guys. Black people can play aliens and cyborgs and zombies and mermaids. Do you think if they had Alec Baldwin be Little Mermaid, they would care? They'd be like, oh yeah, we should go see this. Right, exactly. (laughs) Alec, exactly. The same way they got mad when old girl was twerking on um, She-Hawk. It's like, bro, if if a white man was playing this part, y'all would love, y'all would actually pay, probably go and drove to this fucking, you know what I'm saying? It's America's ass. Right, exactly. <laughs> Little freaky ass boy. Damn. Let let Holly Berry or Holly Bailey be Holly Berry. Holly, whatever her name is. Jennifer Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, let her be great, bro, because y'all be on bullshit with you. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all really be on bullshit. And I think y'all know y'all be on bullshit and it's getting out of hand. So um, yeah. So but also as we're talking about um, music. It's Merman. It's Merman. As we're talking about music, I guess this would be a good opportunity to talk about the way that man, DJ Khaled, can bring people mm. like <laughs> like uh, Holly, Bailey. Like America together. Right, exactly. What he said. So, basically, <clears throat> One of the most energetic and yet oddest presence presences in hip hop is DJ Khaled, the New Orleans-born Palestinian DJ, <laughs> has been nothing but a ball of energy within the hip hop community since his days as a Nola DJ, all the way to being a Miami radio personality. From hep, he actually from helping to break Trick Daddy and Trina's raunchy first mainstream hit nah, to becoming the official DJ for Fat Joe's Terror Squad Khaled has spent the better part of the last two decades as a key and very liked member of the culture since his first album I don't think late that dude looks heavy I said liked but thank you Cody liked with a oh, late. K. I don't have my shoes tied I can't you know. he, he, also, he also don't eat vagina which is like I feel like a worse that's like worse for him than it is for anybody else but uh, dude I, the funny part is when someone said or when he said that he doesn't want to lose weight because he doesn't ever lose <laughs> he always wants to win he said what no, he no. said he doesn't lose weight. Like, dude, just be honest. You can't lose weight, even if you tried. <laughs> that is insane, man. He he said he can't lose weight because he doesn't like to lose weight because he can't lose. I don't lose. Wowzers! That is that all, is all we do is win. God did. <laughs> that's insane that he would say that. I, I, he really said that shit? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sorry. That's hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anywho, DJ Khaled. Um since his first <laughs> since his first album, 2006's Listen, Khaled has been playing the glue and connecting artists across the board for his releases. Now on his 13th go-around. <laughs> The music musical chameleon has released his latest album, God Did. So, 
let's talk about it, shall we? Fellas, how do y'all feel about this album? Russ? Um, uh, all right, well, <laughs> uh, first of all, this weird ass CD cover. Uh, <laughs> like, the tears is weird as fuck. Where dog hairline at? Like, what the fuck? Can you back up from the camera? <laughs> Um, anyway, hated the first track for sure. Shake your voice ass dude segment. I don't like, listen. Like <laughs> I gotta say this thing. <laughs> like, so I really dig the cadences that M puts on this shit. Like definitely ain't nobody like Don. Uh use this gospel. Like I, I like that song. Uh I dug the musical transition at the end, of course was was fire. Um your song was pretty dope too, uh, McCoy. Uh, keep going. Oh yeah, yeah. Little Drake looking ass. Um, <laughs> wow, you know what's crazy? Hold on, stop, pause. When he said <laughs> your song, I'm like, how does he know that that's my favorite song in the album? Are you jackass? Okay, <laughs> right. My song was great. Yes, you know, you know, it's great. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Twin, <laughs> looking ass. <laughs> uh, the CD was was packed with everybody. Um, Party is a pretty hype song. I have no idea what any of this shit has to do with what God did or whatever. <laughs> uh, much to Cody's chagrin, I think Staying Alive was a pretty good song. I, I actually listened to it a couple times. Um, uh, of course, since was that the one with Rick Ross? It was no. the one with uh, Drake. Drake and Lil Baby. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, he had a Drake had like a half a song in there too. Was yeah. Said about. Yeah. Half a sentence. Sizzle fine as hell as usual. <laughs> um, DJ Fat Kid is weird and the most uncoordinated human being I've seen thus far in life. You you kept that in the tank for a while, huh? Man, it's a God. good one. I hate that nigga. Um, I've seen like all the videos for this album too to like verify my conclusion. The dog awkward move itself. Uh, like there has to be like minis or minions moving their arms or legs. Um, <laughs> uh, but I digress. Geppetto. Um. That one, uh, like Jamaican Caribbean song, is uh, is pretty good. Uh, it's, it's a banger, as the Kidron say. Um, <laughs> well, that's funny that you like say Kidron. PSK and men, or something like that. <laughs> that uh, that that kiss interlude should have been a whole fucking song. I I love that. Yeah. That kiss interlude. That shit was. Mm-hmm. On a quick side note, a lot of the rappers that I've seen, like, in the videos and shit, they look a lot healthier. Uh, you know, I like to see, like, the growth and glow up and stuff like that. Not that fake rich shit, rich shit but, like, like real growth. Like, you can see that the skin is clearer. Like, whatever they're eating is, is better for them. Clearer eyes. Even got cleaner styles and from when they first came out. Like, uh, Lil Baby, um, 21 Savage. Uh, so I did the positive progress. All in all, I give this thing maybe, like, 6.5, 7 at the most. Interesting. Quite a lot higher than I would give it. Okay, okay. I'll give it a one. <laughs> or half. I don't know. Whatever. Like, Jay Z carried the, the album. <laughs> Learn that. I don't know. I, I feel like I honestly can't give too much of a say because it. Every other song just sounded to me like I don't know if trap is the right word, 
but you know that new minor i don't know it just yeah that style of music isn't mine yeah a lot of it sounded the same too like yeah a couple songs like really seemed to be the same fucking song at first but i'm like oh okay that's good I feel, I feel it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. <clears throat> we gonna get into this real quick then. So, w- my, w- the, of course, we go through the three things that I liked. I liked the first thing is the unity on the track. Um, one thing that people have joked about is how God did <laughs> what he had to do for Khaled to get all his shit. Cl- all his clearances and all this shit clear for this for his releases. He's always like you. There are like thirty people per album, <clears throat> a host of different producers, some amazing sample choices that he <clears throat> you know chooses to use and um, but it always get clear. It's like it's always all there. What I say is that Khaled has this uncanny ability to hear who and what will sound right together. That might be his biggest musical talent um, because he has always been able to create almost like flawless records without ever having a job. He's got an ear. Right. Um, uh, I won't say flawless because that nigga shot right. shit through every fucking song. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up and let the song play. He right. had, I, I say, I say his, his singles, God, his singles and shit. He has some really amazing single choice. Like if you go back to, to fucking, um, Major key. I got the keys, keys, the keys. I got the, that shit or the shit Drake did. Like, his way to be like, okay, I'm going to take this producer. Even though Drake might not work with this producer or Future might not work with this producer or they might not have ever worked together, I'm going to take this producer because I feel like this guy who does these samples will be good on Drake's voice or will be good with Drake's voice. And I feel Drake will be able to talk what he needs to talk when I give him this song topic over this beat. And that's what he does. And then he comes out with these records. Whatever he's been doing has been quite successful. Even even earlier on when he was the weed take in, you know, it's like at first you hear shit, you're like, what the fuck is this? But you they become like anthem. Like he has made some amazing anthems over the last like 15, 20 years. Like like then that's just being like that's just being honest. I'm not saying that everything he creates is without without flaw. But he has has created a few flawless records. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, do you think that one was uh? There, what's the what's the what's the what's the flaw? Okay, and I and I go. We the best, DJ Khaled. Okay, okay. Outside of okay, there is a there is an annoying flaw of him speaking. But if he would just not speak, there would be flaw. He's in the streets like, who cut me off? God did. Number five. Shut up, fucking. Who ate my sandwich? God did. <laughs> um, pause real quick. Um, Russell, turn your mic up a little bit if you can, because I can hear you, but I can't hear you, and I don't want to. Okay. Us turning our mic up is walking closer to the mic. That is, you know. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, <clears throat> but you see how well he decides, like how well he decides who should be on what and where and when you like look at the first you can see this when you look at the first track of god did the first full track from wayne taking credit for his current generation of rappers which i am happy he he too fucking here i feel like i've been preaching that for the last like 15 years wayne has been you know what i'm saying like 
him and Kanye to me are the most influential people of the last 15 years because everybody is some derivative of what they were doing at some point. Um, I don't think the but, last 15 years. I think the last five years he wasn't that influential. So maybe the 15 years before that. I'm saying of the last there. There's been no rapper that has been popular in the last 15 years that has been as influential as Wayne. So dating back to 05, nobody has influenced rap more than Wayne and Kanye, who I meant. So that's what I said. You know, oh, God, you, dude. All right, that joke's getting played out. <laughs> you, I mean, you see it the last, <clears throat> you see Wayne the last seven years solid. From Never Uzi, in my life have I saw Wayne. From, from Uzi to, to, to Young Thug. Young Thug is a blatant, like, he said it. He's like, the only rapper I ever paid attention to was like, like, like that was Wayne. And you can hear it. If you are a Young Thug fan or you're a Wayne fan, like I am, you can hear blatantly. He's like, oh, okay, he was, he was definitely on that Wayne, like the way he puts shit together. <clears throat> Whether you feel he's as good as Wayne or not, that's a different story, but his style is uh, directly dis- direct descendant of Wayne. So is uh, Uzi Vert <clears throat> and a host of other motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like, they all come even from the way they, they style themselves, dress, you know, all so you think shit. from 2017 to 2022 that Lil Wayne is the most influential? I will go back to 20... Because I've been making this argument since, like, 2015. And I was saying, like, five. Like, you I didn't was, like Carter Five that much, right? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Most influential. I'm just trying to gather this. Whatever. Yes. Wayne... God Wayne... Did, right? Wayne is the most, I feel like Wayne is the most, uh, but if you listen to the verse, uh, he says, <clears throat> he says, dreadlocks, face tats, I'm the apex. Like, it's like, he literally the, the archetype for like, for what is to be a, you know, rapper. Like the niggas don't even write shit anymore. And they do that because they said Wayne didn't write. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though they're not paying attention at Wayne and but Jay-Z. God did. Like, <laughs> they did shit within Ten their commandments head. on what? Um, but yeah, so. I guess <clears throat> I just like the way Khaled figures out where people need to go because he puts Jay on that verse or he puts Rick Ross, which was, I mean, he was a good way to, to enter the song, which I didn't really, I don't, I'm not a Rick Ross fan. You guys know this, but I think he was a good yes. voice to kind of bring in his, his verse kind of ushered in the vibe of that song, which kind of carried on the vibe of the theme of the album, if you will. Then you get Wayne, doing that shit it was just amazing and then you get jay's verse of the year contender with 100 plus bars that's an insanely long verse pause that's just insanely long like it's just like but it's good though it's good but then it happens over and over again like i'm telling you my second favorite song roddy and gunner on fam good we good love it love it just love it I, and I, we gonna make, i'm gonna make a side note um, everything Roddy did on this album, he should have saved for his own album. Because everything I like on this album, the the two things I like most is Roddy on that uh, Keep Going chorus, which on my song, shout out for the feature. Um, and then I like him on Fam Good, We Good. Like, I just love everything that Roddy's doing on this album. He should have saved all the songs for himself. Anywho, you got that, and then you have Future and SZA on like the melodic track, Beautiful. <clears throat> like, who would really put Future and SZA together. And who would expect it to be that pretty? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that is a skill in and of itself. And I think that, you know, we kind of got to recognize that that's what Khaled does best. And I, and I can appreciate that. 
whether or not I like his albums, I can appreciate that. Production. There is a long list of sounds on this album, long list of producers. From the opening track, you get amazing keys and melodies, and this and that's the opening Drake track, and this just grows throughout the album 57 minutes. Khaled just rounds um, the right team of people to produce his body of work. Like, there are some real-life bangers on this album, as the kids would say. <laughs> um, real-life bangers on this album. And I have, really a few, have a few favorites. One of them, Keep Going, produced by TM88, at the head with help from Khaled, uh, Slow Meezy, DJ Moon, and um, Akachi. These are all different uh, producers. And, and just <clears throat> when you hear this type of thing, you think, what the fuck? Why does it need that many producers? In, in real life, in real life, many songs have many producers. And this is past hip-hop. So you could, you know, insert a key or you could say, hey, you make this note sound like this or you should, you know, take this up an octave and you can get a production credit. So people like to see, I feel like this happens a lot. This is a side note. I feel like this happens a lot in rap when you see like six names and you're just like, why the hell are they? How the hell are they? Why do they have so many writers on this other shit? It's like, Dude, let's sound like, oh, Kanye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I, was, I knew I was gonna see it again. People take that and run with it, but it's like, in, in, if you are aware of anything going on, like, if they sample, if they if they use just a small smidge of a sample, every, all one to three to seven writers from that song will get a writer credit on this song. So you'll see something and it'll be like 10 writers or 10 producers and it's like, bro, this is the reason why. It's not like, every. it's not like, it took 30 million niggas to create the, the basis of the beat. Somebody might have added something and they get a producer and production credit. So, neither here nor there. But this song, Keep Going, is a perfect example of layers. It starts with the, like this really warped, like mystical, um, arpeggiated like sound and a super eerie organ synth that... It's so dope. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and then you get the like the tonal 808s and crazy percussions going on throughout the whole thing. You add the horn staff, the dum 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 dum, which it gives it like, an even darker, like villainous tone to this record. And I would say this is one of the best beats I've heard in a minute. Um, it's just one of my favorites, man. There's so many, so much dope shit going on. This shit knocks. Um, to me, that's an example of just dope hip hop. Um, but this level of beat crafting successfully happens on multiple tracks too, from from Fam Good, We Good, and Way Past Luck, which is a sample driven uh, song um, that Twenty One Savage raps on, and like kind of spazzes does his thing. Down to Jada Kiss's interlude, the way that track takes a soul sample, which I believe is James Brown, but I wasn't too sure, so don't quote me on that. They they chop up his screams, his yells. And they add some tingling ass keys. If you listen close to that, that there's some tingling keys, dude. It's like, <laughs> and the perfect heavy kicks underneath makes for another banger. Another one. This album has heat, man. It has heat. And it, it doesn't really matter what you like to listen to. It's got shit on there for you, man. I'm telling you. Dumpster fire. Um, the last That's thing. The, the last thing, and I just wrote vibes to infinity. Okay, fast. One of the best things about Khaled being a link to other to most people and knowing how to bring people together is how he gives his album a lot of vibes. Cause if you so whether or not you're listening to the whole album or you like every part of it, he has something on here for you. If you are looking for the young street nigga, you know shit, there is it ain't safe with Kodak and Nardo Wick. And I'm gonna just take a moment to do another side note. Nardo Wick 
is slowly becoming one of my favorite young boys because he's really he really be rapping if you listen like his punchlines be punching that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna try to make his case or anything but if you like go listen to his like freshman freestyle listen to, to his verse on here because a lot of people hear young boys and they, if they don't sound like how they you know you're supposed to sound or whatever niggas be like oh this guy sucks if a nigga rap too slow or you know they don't understand him on the first go around they're like he sucks but if you actually listen to nardo wick he got some insane insanely good punchlines, like some like some real just okay boom like oh okay i saw that i got the punchline hit me in the face it punchlines be punching that's the that's the thing for for nardo wick or if you into that like boss bitch style hip-hop like purr type shit you know what i'm saying you have Bill's Pay with my favorite female MC currently and future baby mama, Lotto. Everybody, plus everybody's favorite hot girl duo, the City Girls. So you got this shit on this album for everybody. Um, My motto, fuck Lotto. <laughs> I get the seven digits for you. Down for you. Wait, ooh, I'm fucking up. Exactly. Y'all know what the fuck going on. There's literally something on here for everybody. Overall, though, this is an interesting album. As always, it is it has all of the key things that I think could make one of Khaled's compilation-style albums good. You have some dope, some of rap's best talents, best creators, and minds merging for a sound curated by one of the most tapped-in people within rap. For all those good elements, I think the album falls short in one place in particular, which has always and will always be Khaled's quote-unquote issue for me randomness while he has a done a good job of creating a kind of like general direction for sounds and such on this album you know you have like you listen to like tracks like god did and um even use this gospel it's like um the, the sound just kind of speaks to like looking towards the heavens it's like it's wide and kind of like orchestral in a way with some of these beats and shit i like i like how you get that he's kind of like speaking on some like godly shit. So while he does a good job of, of um, kind of creating a general direction for sounds on this album, these differences sometimes feel either too out of place or just dropped in there. Perfect example of this, and I know you said you liked it, Russell, and I don't think this is a bad song either, but it perfect example of this randomness is including these streets know my know these streets know my name. While this song is not necessarily bad, it seems like he just had to include this because of his history yeah. with dancehall. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's just random as fuck just to be on the album. Exactly. Yeah, dude. It it's like he has a history. So if you if you know his history, you know that Khaled um like doing like reggae. He was like a dancehall DJ at one point and like really dabbled in like reggae and shit. Heavy, heavy, heavy. And when he was you in New Orleans, see it in his dancing. Right. <laughs> uh, he, he really, he really is like a big fan of you know Jamaican culture and like reggae music and dancehall and all of that. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, it, it almost feels like some Jamaican OG of his said, Khaled. <laughs> You better not do the album without us, Juan. You know, some shit like that where he's like, you, you got to put us on the album and he gives gives them a, a slot. And this is how it always feels. Bust when, the clock. Bust the clock. Close, close. Uh, this is how it always feels when, when he does that as he has on previous albums. This ain't the first, this ain't his first reggae dance hall. He does this on pretty much every album. He has this somewhere. Um, 
But I just, uh, it didn't, he did it again here, and I just, I was like, I don't know, man. The randomness does happen a lot here, though. You know, even in track, even in tracks that carry the God did theme, like use this gospel remix with Eminem examining his Christianity on the track. It is a, a interesting, it's not one of my favorite, I'm not going to front, like it's not one of my favorite tracks. Um, I do like some of the production on it. Um, I like Kanye's on the chorus because I've heard this, this was a Kanye album off of his Jesus is King album. Um, but Dr. Dre like remixed the beat and, and it's, it, and I liked M's perspective on, um, on this, on this song. Cause you really don't get that from him. So it was an interesting track, but it, that track in relation to everything else seems still random, even though it's, even though it's on theme, it just seems random sound wise. Um, but for as much as I love, you know, like the Juice World track, I love it. And Jada Kiss's interlude. They are fire. It all seems random. And Khaled just won't be able to escape that. Like, because he's not the artist necessarily. He's always bringing 17 personalities together. And you would think by now, 13 times in a row, he would have figured out the way, the way to make a, you know, this work. But it only works, I feel like, when you... DJ schizophrenic. Exactly. It only works, I'm starting to realize, when you have, like, a soundtrack. This compilation shit only works when you have a soundtrack. Because there is a underlining... There's not only a theme, but there is a basically a whole body of work that you are basing this off of. So a soundtrack works better, but this is not a soundtrack. There's nothing carrying this outside of the, his God did thing. We don't have a God did documentary, a God did movie. There's no God did superhero or action figure coming out to accompany this. Dude, there wasn't even a God did theme, as Russell pointed out. Like, he just kept saying God did. That doesn't mean that God did, you know? Right, right, right. We're talking about cocaine. Right, and it's... The connection or nothing what God has done. And so... You take the randomness and you add that there are some skips, like the last track, Grateful, or the first track by Drake's by Drake, because it's short and does not go anywhere. It's really random. But before we even pass that track, I have to say this. Shout out to the unnamed Milwaukee artist that wrote that 47 seconds of potential. That is actually a track written by a Milwaukee artist. I don't know who, um, but... This has been announced and has been said. And so if you guys know, you can drop it in the Facebook group. Um, but shout out to whoever, whatever young man or young woman who actually pinned that shit for Drake. Because it, it was a good 47 seconds. I was just waiting on the beat dropping for Drake to go off even more. But Mr. Worldwide, he's got ghostwriters everywhere. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I teetered tolerant with where I want to place this album. But I'm going to be real. I'm going to give this album an eight. The reason I get this album eight is because singularly these items work. Like Bills Paid, love that song, love it, play it every day. Fucking um, God did play it every day. Fucking um, I I literally get in my car and turn on keep going before I do anything else. Like I ride to that's my shit. Fam, good, we good. As individually, the music on here is good, bangers. But this is just, it's always going to be randomness. It's always going to be randomness. With, so it's like, it's not a bad bunch of music. It's just that, where's all this going? You know what I'm saying? So he doesn't do the album part well. He doesn't create the experience of an album well. But he knows how to get some, some good ass shit 
You know what I'm saying? Like, he knows how to curate some shit. Like, you make a good, you would sound good here. Give me this good-ass song. But now this good-ass song is in this pot of shit that doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like eating, it's almost like a buffet, almost. Because you just eat a bunch of good shit, singular shit, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have a good taco. Now you're speaking to what he knows. It, food, exactly. Cause That's it, why he did it. <laughs> exactly. It, it's starting to make sense. A big nigga making a buffet album because there's going to be tacos. You, like, you go to a buffet, you get tacos, you get fries, you get macaroni. And everything is going to be good. Not necessarily good, but everything is going to be like, mm, this is tasty. Mm, this is tasty. It's okay. This is tasty. This, But, like, as a plate, you're going to get full. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to serve its purpose. You're going to get what you came to get. You get what you came for with the Khaled albums. You get bangers and shit, but you're just like, what is this whole thing as a whole? So I can't say, I can't give this a six or a seven or five, you know, just to, just to say it's bad because it's like, I like this music on here, but this isn't a great album because it's just a bunch of randomness. So it's like, I like pickles. I like carrots. I like chocolate, but I don't want to eat those all together at once. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So I'm not gonna get on here in front and be like, "This shit suck." Yeah, it's not. It don't. It don't suck. The records on here work. They just mm. these should be on these individual people. Roddy should have kept both of those records and put it on his album. And then, I wonder if you got a lot of money for this. A lot of. That's what I wonder too. I often wonder like, does he pay for these features? Because if he does, man, Epic is shelling out huge amounts of money. But I, from what I hear, he don't really. It's because he's LinkedIn. He he can just call in favors and be like, "Hey, I'm putting together an album. I need a verse from you." LinkedIn. Ah, ah, ah. I see what you didn't mean to do there. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this album has some major heat, and this I would say this it's his best album since Major Key because I always peek in on his albums. But if I'm not intrigued after the first few tracks, you know, I listen to it one time, one time full through. I listen to Father Aside once. I listen to Grateful once. I listen to what was the one that came out last year? Um, Cali Cali, I think it was called. I listened to it once. I didn't come back to that. I listened to Major Key, and I came back to that for months. Hell, I came back to Major Key weeks before this album came out. And then I played this one since it came out, and I've been on this album for two, three weeks now. I always come, come, I'm coming back to songs every week, every day. So, But it will always feel like too much random greatness not centered on anything to me. But no matter how anyone feels about Khaled's album creation ability, he could always say that there is someone that liked this. God did. And there you have it. So. A lot of people like shit. Now we were just talking about Little Mermaid. That popularity consensus is all. Right. You know, doesn't mean they're right. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean. We all get on here. We get on pods and, and you know, different shit and we talk our shit. But the truth is, like, who who are we? You know what I'm saying? Like, who? Everything ain't for everybody. And I think that. Exactly. It's not. It's, and so the sooner that we learn that, the better off we'll be probably. So. <laughs> and now it's time for Russell Prosity. Ooh, yeah. So let's talk about a, a few things here, I guess. Maybe some uncomfortable things. Um, as McCoy brought up, we've been seeing the different memes and little pics regarding this new Little Mermaid movie. Um, I know none of us really agree with what Wim Brian's saying about this, but it does, as usual, 
always raise a bunch of questions. As I was saying, you know, it, it raises a, a bunch of different questions as far as like seeing all the memes and everything regarding this new Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid movie. Um, one being, <laughs> why are Americans so racist? <laughs> <laughs> I never understood the hypocrisy there. Like, we're a melting pot. Okay, yeah. but go back home. What? You right. brought me here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I understand, I guess, why we all feel, and I say all is a general term, uh, why we all feel a sense of entitlement because of the years of being on top. And our <laughs> With the intoxication of a freedom even though every aspect of life is being taxed. And as I've come to the realization of how free we really are, I have found just how bound a lot of people are to their idea of freedom and not necessarily actually having freedom. Um, even if it doesn't feel like there's any freedom at all. People scream freedom of speech all the time, but don't acknowledge the speech freedom of the people they are antagonizing, which I, I find hilariously ironic. Um, this particular freedom should encourage people to open up more and to promote courage in speaking uh, regarding causes and ideals that may differ from the norm in a way that can enrich people. New possibilities could be birthed, new perspectives, but instead it can be the most toxic, quote-unquote, freedom that is wielded selfishly with personal gain or to cause terrible harm to whom the speech is directed to. Uh, you see that a lot in... Uh, Social media, as we've kind of talked about this before, with the, the people, their IG platforms um, spewing basically um, hate or manipulation towards their their masses in order to get their point across. Um, that doesn't necessarily need to be a point that should be across. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. People get to calling each other names, racial slurs, or throwing around that big C word that everybody's scared of, cancel and cancel. Oh, I thought you were going to say cunt. Well, got it. <laughs> Remove others in the way. That's a, that's a hilarious big C word. Um, <laughs> and a fun one. Use it today. Um, <laughs> when was the last time that uh, either of you experienced or witnessed freedom of speech being employed in a positive way or for a valid crime? Hmm. What do you say? When was the last time? You, <laughs> when was the last time you experienced freedom of speech being um, used in a positive way? Ooh. For a valid cause. You know that's difficult too because I feel like at times I hear people say it positively, or at least they think it's positively. But either way, I take it negatively, or I always have a negative take twist on it. You know. Hmm. Freedom of speech positively. Um. I feel like I've seen. I feel like I have um, a lot, but but isn't that in, in itself strange that you can't like immediately draw upon one? Yeah, that's what's making me like. I'm like, I feel like, of course, I've seen it. Of course, I've heard it. But I'm like, but where? What, like, it's and I'm and I'm drawing a blank. But I, like, I know I have, right? Because like, right, right. Uh, I can give you one. Kind of like to me, like I don't know when I when I was a kid, like. As a family, we watched the Olympics, and you had that, and you know, nine eleven happened too, and you yeah. just have like that patriotism there. Also, I was watching like Rocky for, for whatever it is in Russia and stuff, so it's like, 
yeah, America. And it's like, I don't know if things change or if I just grew up and my eyes woke up, or, you know, where yeah, I was like, wow, scary. yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, even that that symbol of, like, patriotism and everything, and I'm not knocking anybody for being patriotic to their country, but a lot of times it went too far. We went to antagonizing and persecuting people who had nothing to do with that specific attack, but because they looked similar to those people, they got the brunt of it. That kind of happens in all of these different movements. Lives Matter movement, uh, Asian Lives Matter movement, like, um, these tend to attack those who look similar but may not share the same mindset, share the same goals. They don't even believe in what the, the terrorists are doing at that time. But because it's how we always roll, we just attack people who look similar. I'll give you one example that was more of a, a de demonstration than just mere words, but it got so much flack because of who was at the head of the movement. Um, Colin Kaepernick. His simple kneeling display got so much feedback positive and negative while he was just exercising his right to that free speech of just listen, um, we're, we're trying to draw attention to this these heinous acts that continue to keep happening and nobody seems to care about them. Yep, and that was... It's when you said um, positive freedom of speech, I was gonna say Colin Kaepernick, but I'm like, it feel I feel like he used it for positivity, but it turned very negative for him right away. It turned very negative for every anybody that agreed or even like listened to him got like smacked in the face with isn't it like on some negative shit. So I'm mm -hmm. like, it was used for posit positivity, but it didn't result in positivity at at all almost until just like maybe the last year or two. If that, right. you know? When uh, prominent white figures yep. started kneeling and stuff like that. Um, and his, 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 his message was simple. People are dying from an entity that's supposed to serve and protect, but none of their lives seem to matter to those whom they should. Man. Freedom. Right. On another note, we've finally been given our own Independence Day, which is a step in the right direction towards equity, slash equality. Uh, hopefully it won't be remembered as another day people like to shoot shit and cause wanted destruction and random bigotry um, because you know that's how a lot of our um, Juneteenth our celebrations go yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was um that was interesting to me because of the and, and this this is gonna happen it's gonna happen because if it's a holiday people are gonna you know make holiday decorations and shit and they're gonna Fourth of July, you're gonna buy shit for Fourth of July. You know what I'm saying? Like Christmas, you're gonna buy shit for Christmas. Thanksgiving, you're gonna buy shit for Thanksgiving. Halloween, you know, I go say St. Bernie's Day. You know, even Cinco de Mayo, which I keep hearing um, the last two years that that's not even a real Mexican holiday. I don't know what the deal is, but that's I could see America doing that. But anywho, um, it's just funny that people were we were upset about the you know people making like <laughs> red velvet ice cream for. Like, like a red velvet flavored ice cream for Juneteenth in Walmart and like different uh, shit. Like it was a it was it was a watermelon <laughs> flavor, G. It wasn't red velvet. It was a watermelon. They were doing all types of watermelon and then red Kool Aid. Like it was just like oh. blatant racist shit. Oh but yikes! It, they were trying to appeal to the holiday and to the culture for which the holiday is for. So I get what they were they trying had the, to do. Yeah, they just had terrible. They had the trifecta there. They were like advertising uh, watermelon 
Kool-Aid and fried chicken, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, How is this not, like... like... I didn't even see... I like, didn't even see I, that. I see where you were trying to go, but your execution was terrible, and you definitely need black people on your marketing team, because this is all bullshit. <laughs> Dude, I just saw... Uh, what was it? It was a clip, or, like, a real thing. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Schultz, I think. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, like yeah he's, like... He's on stage, and he's like, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I kind of miss Donald Trump. And then <laughs> someone in this in the crowd was like, yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. Not like that, okay? This isn't Cracker Barrel. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and he is hilarious in, in his observations and, and his perspective. Yeah, he's and very quick and witty, too. Race relations, yeah. Um, it was uh, funny. He was uh, talking about this uh, one white cat in his audience. He called him, uh, he was like, this Chet Hanks looking motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, I know he date black women. <laughs> he was like, he was like, you got a girl? I was like, yeah. He was like, she black? I was like, yeah. She likes herself. Dude, you know what's crazy? Um, speaking of like, I got, okay, so slight tangent, trying not to go off on a tangent, but um, speaking of white comedians who I just love when they just do shit about black people, um, not about black like when they, like when they, not Gary Owens. I haven't I haven't heard much of Gary Owens, so I can't say he's not good at it. But um, what is his name? Bill Blur. B- Bill Burr. Oh, Bill Blur. <laughs> Bill Blur. Bill, B- Bill Burr is hilarious because Fuck dude, that guy. He yeah. he. No, I hate that guy's an idiot. Really? I hate him. You don't fuck with him? Yeah, and I I used to like like laugh at his stuff or you know watch and. David said, like, I can't stand that guy because every time he talks, it gives me anxiety. And I was questioning when he said that. Now I'm paying attention. And all he does is complain. Like, he's a male Karen. Yeah, no, he is. He, he definitely is. Yeah, that's, that's his, his, his uh, stick. Yeah, stick. Yeah. yeah. He kind of has, like, this. going to stick Daredevil. <laughs> he kind of has this kind of, like, ah, you fucking, like, Archie Bunker style, you know, grumpy ass yeah. Al Bundy type. What's of... the deal with the coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I'm mad at, cause Boston. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Be- I love, dude. I never forget. He got to stand up, and he was talking about like, he was talking about how like white people create like black movies, and he's like, oh I- yeah. Oh my God. He said. He said. He was talking about like movies like Dangerous I'm, Mind I'm, and Coach Carter. And he, he was like, I'm, I'm running out of black guilt. It's time to swimming. He dude. He said. And at the end of the movie. The person, they always, he's like, I hate how they have these white saviors. They always kind of come in and save these people. Like this white savior complex shit. And he's like, at the end of the movie, the kids are all dancing around him and they got the like Jesus. Wearing a do rag. bro. He said, Wearing a do rag, bro. That shit. Uh, he was like, he was like, it got all the way down to swimming. And he was like, and the first black team, some random racist white guy yells out, get out of the pool. <laughs> like, this is. Dude. Random shit, but it like it makes sense. It makes sense. You've seen that movie so many different times Dude. in all the different genres. Yep. Of sports. Yep. Like, everything. Hey, everything. Stop making that fucking movie. We got it. Dude, remember the Titans? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. It happens every time. Coach. Dude, Coach Carter, where they was like the niggas from the ghetto and shit, trying to even yeah. though even that that wasn't a white savior joint, but like they had. Oh. You guys seen the movie Hardball with Keanu Reeves? Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. G baby, R.I.P. G baby and shit. Like, bro, <laughs> it just keeps it eight miles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all of that shit, uh, all of that shit, it happens over and over. But like when he examined it, it, was like it was funny because he did it in a comedic way, which is why I love comedy. He did it in a comedic way, but it was kind of like, damn, 
y'all niggas do gotta he's the that's the best way for like white people to, to correct it to like fix shit is for white people to correct white people and he's like stop giving us that corny ass movie because it's not mm-hmm. like you know it's just like it's this weird yeah. representation of like white savior like it's it's he's good he's good at what he does and i i can appreciate that so i feel at the the point of this statement was talk, we were talking about andrew schultz and he does that he's just a little bit younger he does that same type of shit in his comedy and i really can appreciate it because it's not always just about black people you know we, we're talking about oppressed you know we're talking about women it which bill bill burr is funny because he really he'd be hopping on women's ass i ain't gonna front but um whether you're talking about the gay and lesbian community you know women all this other shit like they the communities like that who are white males have the best power to examine it without backlash you know what i'm saying and like to really that's a lot of responsibility for me. It is. It get, get your get your jokes up, Cody. Get your jokes oh, up now. How about that airline food? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, it's like good good George Carlin. Same way. Good good white male white comedians can really use comedy to attack the system in like the most just uh, just yeah. I don't know just the greatest way to me. So right because it brings light to. Um, some heavy issues, but also brings light as far as that. Yeah, yeah. To so, those, those issues, which is what comedy is supposed to do. All right. Sorry about that tangent. Fun, but it's also supposed to um, enrich you as far as knowledge. Right. Um, and good comedians, in my opinion, do. Um, the thing I like about Bill Burr is that he has a huge range of things, but, you know, everybody kind of just equates him to complaining. But he, ha- he has a range from, like, you know, white guilt to lotion and the shit is funny to me oh, because yeah. he can talk about all of those different things and make them um, um, they, they reach the, the audience as, as they should um, Andrew Soch is, is hilarious because of all the race knowledge that he has and all the culture knowledge that he has because he brings it out in all the shows like he talks about the Taliban, he talks about Punjab, he talks about um, different Korean Asian uh, cultures, uh, not just black and white. And so I, I like that because he brings those things to light. He makes us laugh at them because some of the things that we do in cultures is laughable because it's it makes sense to us in the culture, but to other people it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's and everybody has that in their culture, no matter what color, creed, hue you are. Right. I mean? Right, yeah, for sure, for sure. And as Cody stated before, you know, uh, the, the question goes, but how are we as a people free as a melting pot of cultures and cues when the lack of care for human life in general is astounding in this country um, and we're supposed to be a land encouraging life, liberty, pursuit of happiness? Um, black people, Asian people, Indian people, um, a lot of people are being killed at an astonishing rate. Um, and it only seems to be more so because we have more access to evidence and footage than we've had ever. Anything can be broadcast. Um, there's been people broadcasting things on social media um, that have been very shocking to see that we may not even have seen on YouTube before. Um, it's, it's, it's been crazy. It's like uh, black women in, in specific are being killed so much, like, every other week or every four days or some shit, I get on the news and see where some cat killed his girlfriend and then himself on, on live TV or on social media. Yeah. Uh, 
or some woman or some girl or some some kid, you know, for lack of a better word, has been shot inadvertently just just being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Like it was a it was at a it came to a point where I was like fearful for the lives of, of my girl, my sisters, my mom, my family, my friends, uh, my acquaintances, coworkers, like everybody that I know because there have been a few really close calls or close to home um, situations of people passing to where you look up and be like, dog, I just spoke to them yesterday. Like, how are they gone? Type shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. 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 This it, country does not. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, was going to say I'm right there with you in terms of just it be, you know, just kind of, man, I've become just really, really worried for, um, you know, certain female counterparts and friends and families and, you know, just with like the sex trafficking thing and just like, I, I, like, yeah. it's like that shit has gotten out of hand, man. Like I've seen so many ways that they are just, you know, fucking, you know, getting over on women. It's like, that's the type of shit that I, that's the type of shit that is like, okay. And I've said it on this show before and I'll say it again. I don't necessarily feel sorry. Um, for women because you know like there's a lot of relationship shit where it's like all of a sudden like you know people got yeah. one you know but like because i feel just as sorry for us or anybody in a bad relationship or anything but when it comes to shit like violence and like sexual like sexual assault violence and that type of shit like i really do feel that's when my like like god damn like the sympathy i have for like just being a woman in this world is crazy because we can say what we want, but niggas ain't finna kidnap. I mean, it may have, it may happen, but I don't think niggas finna just kidnap niggas for sex, like sex trafficking. I don't. That's not like, that's not no normal shit for us to experience. So it's like I just, um, I feel very, really worried at times for like my sister, you know, girlfriend, you know, cousins, and just shit people that I just know, you know, you know. Are gonna affected by that? So I, not even just that, but like on a, I want to say smaller level, but a different level of just like, I guess, simplest term, cat calling kind of thing. You know, like I remember in college going to B Dubs and just looking like, dang, I would not want to be a waitress if I was a girl. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. The, it, the stories I've heard from. Um, friends and even um, exes on how they have to tiptoe around the male ego because they could die. Like, that's the yeah, first thing. Like, they yeah, could die. Yeah. They could be kidnapped, they could be forced, they could die. I've, I've heard of uh, a few friends. And the, that's their speech on She-Hulk. She yeah. I haven't, Just, I haven't. Um, like, being pulled into the vehicles or being forced to stay in vehicles because um, the guy they with felt entitled to to them and it's like this shit is crazy like, yeah how do you even have that type of thought process yeah this shit is, is weird to me yeah and so um, I, I, i'm really adamant when it comes to sorry i didn't mean to cut you off I, i'm really adamant when it, when it comes to you know again not being because i often feel like i'm i'm, I'm at this car like i just really hate the relationship online shit the, the male versus female who has it worked bullshit online um, it's mm -hmm. that, that type of shit makes it hard. It, that shit makes it worse to have compassion and sympathy because somebody's always telling, and, and this is, okay, let me gather my thoughts. 
when I see the male versus female arguments online about what males should be doing, what men should be doing, and, and how men ain't shit, and also men saying women ain't shit, that should be, it's irritating because it makes it hard for me to have sympathy for female struggle, but at the same time, it's like, there, sh- there is shit going on. I just wish people would stop bringing the relationship shit like females aren't bad in relationships too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit, right. it, that shit, you hear so much of that shit, Cause I'm not, I'm okay with people being like, men need to do this because you know, they're not talking about me or you or Cody or TS, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're talking about niggas that sex traffic and you know what I'm saying? The niggas that think that they're entitled to women when they're in the car with them, that type of shit, you know? And so it's like, when you hear that, you want to, I want to be an advocate for that, but there's so much fodder on the internet that builds up a kind of like a, it has me like drawing up a wall, like, oh, fuck it. I don't feel sorry. You know what I'm saying? Obviously I do feel sorry, but it's like. It's so much shit that gets in the way of the important conversation. That's like, damn, what the fuck? You know, you're not paying attention to the other shit. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is like, it's, I'm like, yeah. of course, I feel, I in my heart of hearts, I feel sorry for some of the shit that women go through, um, and I hate that we end up having, you know, is it a man's job to pay for this conversations all the time when we should be having, uh, you know men should stop raping, you know, conversation. And, you know, I think that's a better conversation than you need to be a man and pay all my bills. That bullshit, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are the... The part that you said should stop instead of, like, don't think about doing it for the first time kind of thing, kind of... Wait, no, I... Like, whoever's trying to think about doing that. Right, no, because, like... Cause, cause, because, you get locked up for everything. Right, no, I, I feel like anybody, first of all, I feel like any nigga that rapes a woman should get a death penalty, like, off top. Like, I just feel like that's just, you. if you if you rape somebody, death. That's how I feel, bro. You kept, you murder, death. Mm-hmm. You rape, death. I'm like, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel. If you, if you rape, rape or uh, um, any kind of molestation of that type, kind or of, put yeah. your hands on a woman or a child. Yeah. Right. Bye-bye. Right, right. So... But, anywho, that's neither here nor there. I just, uh, sorry, I'm tangenting today. I want to stop tangenting. Um, okay. Yeah, well, good one. That's not going to stop. Kind of, kind of just, uh, you know, just, just made me realize that this country does not seem safe most of the time, and I feel like we have to suppress our inner fear or distract ourselves from it using the means possible just to function. Um, and that's traumatic. <laughs> From police brutalities and fatalities to random acts of violence, gun and other, uh, to high-speed chases going deadly to all manners of things, there's a reason to be fearful of stepping outside your door. Um, I think I told you guys this before, but let's revisit it for a second. Um, a while ago, <clears throat> I had just came home. I think it was from, like, rehearsal or Bible study or something. Um, and I parked like I usually do. You know where I park, McCoy. Yeah. Um, and I'm on the street. Got to... <laughs> um, got to like maybe the top of the stairs I'm like oh shit you know I forgot something in the car and so go back out to grab it open the door on my way out there's these cats just parked in this uh, alleyway um, and someone's got car, everything is. feral so, cats around um, uh, and so they were like dressed in all black and this young cat came outside the door and came around and you know my first thought wasn't oh this is a movie truck and it's cold out here maybe you know Moving something, are they going to the pawn shop? Because it's you know right there. 
my first thought was to get my hand on my knife. I, I can get to it real quickly. I'll aim for his hands to protect myself, get his neck, slide around the truck, and get the other cat to the stable dog. That was my first few thoughts. Wow. In a matter of like five seconds. That is trauma. <laughs> There's right. no way that should be my first thought for meeting anybody. There's a lot of like common things that we do that we don't even realize we do it because of trauma. Mm-hmm. And being conditioned to have that thought of I have to get them first before they get me is what I feel like freedom is being taught to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Damn. With some freedoms, greed overrides liberty, hate overrides it. Um, come back to the new little mermaid memes. Both sides of the spectrum's perspective have been uh, crazy. From just general racist shit, you know, chicken necklaces, random watermelons everywhere, to actual arguments about fictional characters and the white-dominated superheroes and other movie roles, we are once again seeing the cancer of this society in full effect. Um, I saw an old episode of the Little Mermaid series that came up um, during this week where there was a black-slash-Latina mermaid who was pretty much the co-main character of that episode and the recurring character afterwards. Um, but I couldn't even focus on the fact that she was a mermaid of color um, because, you know, they made her deaf and used sign language, which I thought was dope at first to include both those communities so they have some reputation in these cartoons because kids could be opportunity to see themselves in the cartoons. But it also got me thinking that why whenever a person of color is introduced in Disney or in many cartoons, there has to be something that doesn't make them seem whole, quote you know what I mean? Right, right. Because uh, Tiana, her movie was a fucking fraud for most of the movie. And that was movie. But even in this, what was amazing to me was that this Little Mermaid movie was showing all the reactions of like black girls. It really melted my heart the same way the Black Panther movie did. Yeah. Um, you heard a lot of, she's brown, she's black like me, she's a princess. I could be a princess. Like, Representation is as important as teaching real freedom, real acceptance, real communal ideals, virtues. So I say all that to say, let's just work on doing what we can in our circles, in our own different social um, spheres. Let's be good to each other and be good together. Okay? It's Bill and Ted right there. Be excellent to each other. I ain't got no, you know what I was going to say? <laughs> I kind of dove into the fucked up story of the week a little earlier um, with with this, talking about um, Holly being aerial and how people kind of, you know, went off the deep end. But the actual fucked up story of the week um, that I forgot to mention in the music segment was uh, rapper PNB Rock was um, shot and killed. Um, descended. Just, <laughs> he descended um, into the heavens. Uh, <clears throat> was shot and killed Monday um, at age 30 um, at fucking Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in L.A. County. Um, There's a lot of speculation of, you know, what happened and if his girl sent him up, all that shit, which I don't like, but all I'm going to say is this. Um, 
the last two years I've been hearing people say being a rapper is the most dangerous job and nigga went to get waffles and died um so yeah um talk about being better being good to each other all that shit um Russell hit the nail on the head man um we just gotta be better humans to other humans man male female black male female black white you know what I'm saying like Young, old, just be better. Just be good people. I mean, that's the key to this shit, man. It's just being good people. Um, and yeah, that is episode 116 of Not Politically Correct. It is your boy, Rumble McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God. You know, I am on Twitter at Rumble KPZ, you know, on Snapchat, Rumble McCoy Rebel. Ancient Romans thought strawberries could cure bad <laughs> breath and chronic fainting. That's your fun fact. That is the fun fact. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. Russell, <laughs> you didn't forget about me, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, just record. Um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> My bad. Um, okay. And on that note, though. Gay! <laughs>